Welcome again to Our Street. Lynn Fisher here with my perpetual buddy, Kurt Elder. Hi, Kurt. Lynn, good afternoon, and you cannot get rid of me. We are coming up on 10 years in January. Is it really? It wow. is, yeah. So, <laughs> That's crazy. Well, for our for our regular listeners, they know that we're often and uh, continuously talking about uh, the city of Lincoln, the leaders and the people behind the scenes with the city of Lincoln that have done such a great job over the years to keep Lincoln uh, the great city that it is, a great place, as we say, to, to live, to work, and to raise your kids and to run a business. To play. And so but we thought, or Kurt thought, actually, that we should bring on somebody who is one of those behind-the-scenes folks that has worked at the city for a long, long time, that uh, has something to do with how things go so well for all of us here in Lincoln. So we have on the show today... Um, and I'm going to, Opal, I've, I've probably read your name a hundred times or more, but... Uh, yeah, you, it's, uh, it's pronounced Dare. Dare, okay. I'm going to yeah. say it then correctly. <laughs> so we have Opal Dare with her, with us. And Opal, Opal has recently retired from the Urban Development Department, the city of Lincoln. And so, Opal, welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here. And uh, I know Opal's name... Uh, because I, I probably, literally, at least hundreds of times I've seen her name and tell us about her. As some of you know, some of you know, Kurt also works in that general area of the of the city, in the uh, that's in right, a similar, in a similar area of development. So, so Opal is just down the yeah. So Opal, tell a bit of your of your history. You know, where are you from, Lincoln? Originally, kind of give us some background and tell us about how long you worked for the city and a little bit of kind of how you ended up. Um, working in the urban development department and then retiring, which you did did just recently, right? Sure, yeah. Um, I, uh, Nebraskan, born and bred, I was uh, born, went to grade school, junior high, well, we didn't have junior high, it was grade school and high school in uh, north central Nebraska near Stewart, Nebraska, not too far from O'Neill, west of O'Neill a ways. And I came down to the university uh, and actually got a bachelor's in architecture and stayed. Um, a couple of those summers, I did uh, essentially an internship, summer summer job, uh, with the uh, city parks and rec department. And that's actually kind of how I got connected with urban development department because I was looking around for jobs. And of course, at that point, I also asked my supervisor at Parks and Rec if he knew of anything and he, he pointed me in the direction of a planning assistant job with, no, it was a planning assistant. I can't remember what the title was initially. <laughs> it's been a long time ago. Uh, I, uh, and I applied and they didn't, I applied in the spring and nothing, nothing, nothing. So I also applied. I got a job at the Love Library as a librarian, and then finally, about three months later, they said, "Oh, yeah, we we want you to work for us at Urban Development." <laughs> so I quit the library job and started working for Urban Development. And now, so, did they call it? Did they call it Urban Development back then? They did. It was about a year old. Um, I, the supervisor I worked for was Nancy Usnick. Um, she was. Mm, she, I think she was technically, technically the director 
of urban development just briefly until they hired George Chick. So, so just for our listeners' sake, before we get too much further down this road. Into the weeds. Into the weeds. How many years did you uh, give to the city as a civil servant? Well, they paid me, but <laughs> 44 years. 44 years. Yeah, I started in 1976. <laughs> that is that is amazing. So, so urban development is one of the city's, if not the city's, youngest department. Is that correct? Yes. So you came in, you know, the department's a year old. The department was probably formed because the city started getting federal block grants, or was there another? No, that's what, that was the primary reason, because they needed to have a a redevelop a, 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 a department that handled redevelopment or community development block grants, which are federal grants. Actually, they're grants, and they needed to administer them as in programs. I think one of the first programs that happened actually the year before I got involved or before I was hired was a park in West Lincoln. Gotcha. So, so you know, 44-something years ago, you know, you're getting out of architecture school with your bachelor's and, and your you know, supervisor in the parks department says, hey, there's this opportunity. But with that background going into this field, why did you apply? Was it, was it the, you know, typical uh, person getting out of college? Like, I'm going to take any job. I just need a job. Pretty close. Okay. Well, it was, this was at least in a related field. I mean, uh, it was a planning related job and my bachelor's of architecture there, I had taken planning classes, so it wasn't, it wasn't like a, it wasn't a total flip in another direction. It was, it was a related Gotcha. So, um, so, 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 knowing that you were with the department from as almost as almost as its inception, you've also been with it through its many moves. <laughs> um, how many mm-hmm. different moves have you been through, just as a number? And then, two, if you could help our listeners know how urban how urban development has moved within our community. Well, uh, as far as office we, office locations. Primary office location it started out on the third floor of the old federal building. Uh, sort of shifted up and down that floor a bit as they when we first moved in there. There was a we couldn't use part of the building because the fire escape capacity wasn't wouldn't handle it. So that <laughs> that got adjusted over time. So we were able to expand out into more of third floor, uh, and then eventually we moved down to first floor in the old federal building still. And then, you know, a few years later, we moved over to uh, 808 P Street in the Haymarket on third floor. And then from there, we eventually moved down to the County City Building. So I know this is going to be putting the carp before the horse because we're going to talk about this later. But uh, the old federal building was a TIF project, wasn't it? Yeah. And so... It it was. And so... Mm -hmm. Uh, knowing how that building has changed over time, were you in that building when that process was going through? No, we had moved out before then. Oh, okay. You know, we had come up with a series of questions. I think that, you know, this is going well. We'll, we'll just follow some of that. But as we, as we look at work culture over time, what were some of the notable changes that stick out to you? I mean, over 44 years, I'm, I'm going to guess there was personalities and process that just 
made an well, the, impression. Sure. The, the biggest thing that comes to mind is that the processes of having computers and being able to use computers to do stuff. When I first started, we were going down, we were working with land use maps and trying to do uh, neighborhood analyses and do neighborhood planning. And so they had us going down and hand copying the county assessor ownership information, plotting it, hand copying the land use information from planning department, all this handwork that is now done entirely by computer, God bless it. it, And that's just symbolic of all of the handwork that everybody did in one form or another, that, that computers have made it much more feasible to be, be much more efficient. There, there was a point in time where the city, the number of city staff workers stayed the same while the city greatly increased in size over the years. But that was possible only because of the efficiencies that computers gave the existing employees. So many of our listeners know that I'm a geographer. Uh, uh, information intelligence, data scientist. And uh, when I first came to the city of Lincoln, I was talking with you about what I was doing, whatnot, and you were sharing some of these stories about how, how you used to do this and how you used to hand color multiple copies. And if you made a mistake, the whole thing was just thrown out. And I just, uh, you know, me being younger at that time, I was like, well, man, that's, I'm glad, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that's not how it is now. Well, so am I. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> going down that list, and, and I'm going to apologize to our listeners for our, for my hoarse throat, but uh, you know, fall al- fall allergies are always a good thing. Um, when we look at management, uh, you know, you know, how many managers have you worked under, and uh, and then who were those characters that you enjoyed working for, and then perhaps who were those characters, perhaps by name, and if not, that's fine. But what were but what were those char- char- characteristics that made it difficult to thrive under them so good and bads well i'm going to start out with saying going through the directors if i can which weren't necessarily my direct supervisors in some cases they were but mostly not we started with nancy usnick uh went to george chick jim caruso joan madrell um come on mark uh, Mark Walschlager, yeah. and then uh, Dave Landis, and now Dan Marvin. Those are the directors over time. Sure. Um, and if uh, a better you know, substitute question to what's good and bad, perhaps a better question would be what makes a good director from your experience? That's perhaps well, easier. Someone who's clear about what they want to accomplish and who isn't a micromanager. Most, mostly we had pretty good people. There, there were, I'm not gonna go into names, but we did have one or two, one especially that was a micromanager and didn't really know what we were supposed to be doing. And that's a bad mix. <laughs> to well, not- well, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned that uh, community development block grants yeah. were, were the kind of the initiation of the department has that mission stayed the same or has it changed? Well, we still have community block grants that they, we deal with as well as uh, the home investment program and uh, uh, let's see, ESG, 
it's not what it used to be. Now it's... It's now Emergency Solution Grants, which, which funds a large portion of our continuum of care for our homelessness uh, programming. Yeah. So we started out with largely doing housing rehab using these and using the CDBG funds. Also doing some park work that, and we have expanded out as a department. We're now uh, the redevelopment authority for the city of Lincoln. So a lot of the projects that were uh, parts of the staff to do are um, directed toward economic development through redevelopment and tax increment financing funds. And not to, so, and not to, so coordinating with private developers on what the government can do locally to, to help out. Yes, yes. And not to take over your uh, you know, answer, but we also do uh, our parking services downtown. Oh, yeah, yeah. Parking services. And our BIDs, Business Improvement Districts, across our community. Yeah, there's there's actually quite a few. The, the roles have constantly sort of expanded. We get, well, we don't know where this goes. We'll put it in urban development. That'll be okay. <laughs> well, hey, hey, Lynn, we are getting close to our halfway point. Do you want to take a quick break right now? Sure, sure. Let's, let's take that, that short break and... And uh, hope our listeners will stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute or two. So welcome back to Our Streets. Lynn Fisher and Kurt Elder having a really interesting conversation um, with a long-term kind of a column of support there in the, the Urban Development Department of the city. And uh, Opal, I'm going to mispronounce your name again. I know Dare. it is Opal Dare. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Okay, we got it right. Opal Dare. <laughs> so, well, thanks again for coming on and, and sharing your experience, Opal. So, Kurt, why don't you hit the next series of questions? Sure here can. No problem. Learn more. We'll, 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 we'll just keep pounding through this and just have a great little conversation here. So, when we look at the department, uh, just a base, base broad question. Are you proud of the department and the work it does? And if so, uh, why? I, I think the answer is going to be yes if you've been there for 44 years. But yeah. give us your answer. Uh, yes, I am proud of the department. And I think what we do matters. I think it has the good, it has a good impact. It's very important to a lot of people. Certainly, the when you get a call from someone with uh, their water heater that's stopped or their furnace isn't working and it's in the middle of the winter to have the housing rehab program be able to provide the assistance to get that fixed because their income wouldn't let them do it it's really it's pretty important and certainly with the whole uh, uh, homeless prevention stuff or homeless coalition work that our department does that is important too. You know, and from the long term, the economic impact of oh, the huge economic impact of some of the redevelopment projects that we've been we've in, been involved in with obviously private developers. It, it's it's uh, we're city builders at some scale here, so I'm good. Yeah, so so I know that you know. So it's my next question re- revolves around those roles. You know, uh, urban development is broken down into uh, into uh, economic opportunities, administration, and the third one was livable neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. of those rules, uh, what are the rules that you, excuse me, what are the rules that urban development should expand into or exit? Do you think that there's certain things that we should do more intentionally? And the reason I ask that is that within urban development, we do a lot of stuff with uh, physical capital, buildings, projects, uh, homes, streets, landscapes. Do you think we should do more with people and helping people? And I'm going to leave that up to you just to answer as you see fit. Um, I don't know. <laughs> How about that? Above your pay grade. It is above my pay grade, without a doubt. Uh, we do something, some of the things that I was involved with related to doing things with people. One of the things we did is we have a neighborhood hotline. Oh, yes. That, that uh, works with those there's the city also has uh something called uplink which is an online version of a hotline but there are people who don't want to call do this by computer so i get to take those phone messages and basically upload them that way we also do a fair amount i mean we used to have a whole division back in the reagan era so this is a long time ago (laughs) uh, a whole neighborhood assistance division we don't have that anymore, but we try to do as what we can with the staff we can to help provide support for neighborhood associations. So a question I have for you that's not on the list that I sent you, but it just came to my, to my mind based off of what you had just said. We used to have a community development task force, and we don't mm, really have yes. that anymore. <clears throat> Is there, did the efficiency of the department alter you no know, severely when that was you no know, downsized or is that something that we should bring back into our conversations or or do you think that we have enough deep connections in the community that we can fulfill the mission of that idea without having that force being by itself what do you think i think we're okay without it it was a federal requirement oh okay it it, it, it was required and then the fed stopped requiring it we have a better connection with neighborhood associations, I think, in, in terms of city government. The Mayor's Neighborhood Roundtable really does provide a pretty strong connection, potentially. I mean, it's there for neighborhoods to be involved in. Not every not everybody does, but it's a, it's a constant presence by city government connecting to neighborhood associations. Um, so, Opal, do you, do you think, based on kind of the general overall impact that uh, the internet and computers have had do you see then the that that uh, because of instantaneous uh, communication similar to what we're doing right here with this meeting that has enhanced the ability of folks to be connected to the city government you see that uh, as, a, as a, a trend that's improving those lines of communication all the time I think it is I, I worry a little bit about that. I, there are some people who don't connect this way. And so I worry a little bit about those folks who don't, uh, aren't comfortable with computers and they're, they're out there, but they're mostly older. Mm-hmm. And that we're, so we're trying to keep a little bit of connections going elsewhere, elsewise too. But, um, well, I know that as our population shifts, it'll be more and more and more completely electronic. I think. Right. 
Well, I know the city does a great job of reaching out to all communities when there's a project involved that requires some input. I've been involved with many of those myself in working with mm -hmm. Urban Development and Planning Department where they set up neighborhood meetings and get the word out and like here in College View, oftentimes we'll have the planning department or someone will come and talk about, mm -hmm. you know, what are the plans and, and those folks that don't, you know, interact over the internet uh, or that way, uh, certainly, uh, you know, do come to those meetings and we we see them all the time and and mm -hmm. or they or they get somebody within the neighborhood that they uh, associate with to to kind of be their spokesperson when it comes to online communication mm -hmm. especially during COVID. i think this is something that uh, we've seen a lot that uh, mm -hmm. people are able to figure out a way you know to adapt to the conditions but i know mm -hmm. the city does a great job of reaching out and 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 providing those those uh, opportunities for people to give feedback and to and to talk to folks um so so sorry. i have so so i think my next question is a uh, very pointed question <clears throat> why did you stay opal 44, <laughs> 44 years i mean there's ups and downs and you know some of it might be you know you know work friendships you no know, you know you believe in the mission but why did you stay Mostly, until the last couple of years at least, I was learning new things all the time, and that, that helped. The whole thing with computers and the what you can... I mean, I went from knowing nothing about computers. I learned about computers and using computers and doing things like desktop publishing and web work, working with the city, or not, well, the city, urban development's portion of the city's website. This is all stuff that I would never have had an opportunity to learn how to do before. So last couple of years got to be a little boring. <laughs> <laughs> totally understand that. You know, uh, so I have really just two big questions left. You know, this is part of the questions that I had, you know, you know let you know what I was going to ask is uh, as as a long-term civil servant who has, you know, been part of a no, no, a young department with few directors, who's been part of a union, who has been part of city building, and not only in terms of downtown but neighborhoods, and get to see the people level and impact that, you know, that collective effort has created. As someone who's been through all that, would you recommend civil service to someone else, and if so, why? And if not, why? I, I would. I'm trying to figure out exactly. Well, I mean, well, they, for one one thing, the city is a, a job. employer. <laughs> it's a job. And, and the city has been very good with a good employer for me. I, I When I start, started a family, I backed off to doing 30 hours a week. And they and let me flex the time around what I needed to do. I have a special needs son. There are times when I had to say, I can't do X, but I will do Y and Z. How will that work? And directors and supervisors worked with me on that. Wonderful. So they were very good to me with that in mind. Um, as far as it just, the mission, we do good stuff. <laughs> it matters. What we do matters. That That's important. So now somebody who's sitting behind a desk handling car registrations or 
collecting fees for this, that, and the other, that might be less exciting or to see and experience, but it matters, but matter. it's just it not, still matters, but it's not what you wanted. Well, I didn't ever apply for that. I like, <laughs> I, I like, well, I like, I like my, the, the candy of my work was when I got to do artistic design of things like covers. And, and then, then I found that I really enjoyed editing, which is what the, the newsletter brought me to. And so. so that wasn't on the list of questions, but when did you start that urban page newsletter and how many issues did you happen to guide through the process? Well, it was about 20 years ago. I was looking at 20 or 21 years ago. So it was quarterly. It's always been quarterly. There was one quarter we missed. Life got complicated and they said, you know, don't worry about it. <laughs> one, of, one of those instances where my personal life let me not be able to get it done. Um, so whatever, 21 times four. Well, yeah. So there you have some, you know, 80, 80 plus articles out there and they're not articles these are full-fledged productions and should people want to learn more about the history of what's happened in like in across those last two decades and what's going on in the future now they are they are all email uh editions and if someone wants to know learn more about that how how can they sub subscribe to that newsletter um they can go to the urban development homepage. There's an something called an RSS feed that mm -hmm. they can subscribe to. Um, they do need to sign up. They need to provide their email so that we know where to send it. Well, there we go. Easy. Um, oh, well, I have one last question before we start to wrap up. Other than the the advent of computers and the internet and all that, what? What have you seen in the, the big picture of Lincoln from your perspective from urban development? What, what have you seen has been the biggest change in the city that, that you that impacted you know you and your perspective? Wow. <laughs> big stuff. Silence. <laughs> silence is okay. Um, we have time for silence. I think our demographics are changing pretty significantly as far as I like that answer it isn't so much what's built but it's but it's but it's people focused on yeah people are yeah. aging we have a growing uh, diversity mix we have a mm -hmm. we have a movement of uh, of perhaps minority out into broader sections of our community I think that's a really good answer the other thing that's I think really impacted is with the internet the the inner the ability for organizations and companies to base their operations in the middle of Nebraska or in the in Lincoln and still reach across the world and across the nation. I think that has a pretty amazing impact. Yeah, so, so. Be becoming part of the global economy. Yeah, here in Lincoln. Well. Opal Dare, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your experience and uh, your stories with us. We appreciate all the hard work you've done over the years. I do, Opal, by the way. I would be <laughs> lost without Opal. I will put my hand up and you know, you know, profess right now. Like Without an Opal, my life would have been harder. Oh, Kurt, you're, you're data-loving. <laughs> 
self, there's another word for it, but the, yeah, your yeah, data, yes. data loving self has been very, very helpful. <laughs> well, thanks again and uh, appreciate you coming on the show. And, and so for our listeners, we want you to stay tuned for Here in Nebraska FM and we want you to come back next week and join us again for some interesting conversation. So for Kurt Elder and Lynn Fisher saying thanks again for listening to Our Street. We'll see you next week. 